Arlene's talking uh, or looking for a song. <clears throat> you know, I am sad that Dad's gone. I mean, it's 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 hard. Trust me, it's hard. But boy, what a, what a reunion they're they're having this morning. So he had 87 years. He'd been in the hospital two times. He got around better than I did. He climbed ladders. He put on roofs. He put, yeah. he was putting siding on his house on Saturday. He had his stroke on that Sunday, and he's been sick ever since for yeah. about six weeks. He and he didn't want to live like that. And so I, I mean, my goodness, he preached for fifty some years. He had three children. He had grandchildren, great grandchildren. They're all in church. Amen. They're all working in church. My goodness, what do I have to complain right. about? But I am, of course, you're going to miss them, and I don't mean that. But, right. but my goodness, what a celebration they had. Yeah. And I'll tell this, and, and then we'll sing. My grandmother and grandfather lived in Fall Branch, Tennessee. And they lived in Kingsport, and they moved out there. And, and they came to the church for a long time, and then they got older and couldn't, couldn't go. And my grandmother got to praying for a church, and, um, and God has... Hayes, what was his first name? Sevel Hayes, build a church right out there. My grandmother prayed that church into being, and um, but they lived out in the country and they lived in a split for your house and they always kept their door unlocked in the basement. And Dad would fuss at them about it. You never know what's going to happen. And I've heard Daddy say this many, many times when he's preaching. He'd said, "I'd go through that door." And I'd close the door and start up the steps. And just as I would start around the corner upstairs, I'd hear Mom say, Bob, because they always called him Bob, is that you? And he'd say, yes, Mother, that's me. And he said, one day when I get to heaven and I step through those gates, I'm going to hear Mom say, Bob, is that you? And he said, and I'm going to say, yes, Mother, that's me.
What a blessing, what a blessing, certainly, certainly he loves us, bless his sweet name, I think nothing could introduce the song better that Brother Tom's going to be singing somewhere, I'm not sure the title of it, but I know what grabbed my heart in this song, somewhere in your silent night, you'll hear him, you'll see him, you'll know he's there in your silent night, we have those silent nights, come on Brother Tom. We have those silent nights, those times when you sure need to hear from heaven. And that's what this song emphasizes right here. And you pray for Brother Tom. I sprung this on last night. I said, hey, you think you can find that song? I want you to sing that song tomorrow somewhere in my silent night. And, uh, you know, I'm glad musicians know me because they know they better be ready, you know, because we're supposed to preach at the drop of a hat. Me and Brother Josh, you guys just... Jump right in there, Bill. Amen. I love you, brother. Thank you. Yeah, um, I saw the text come over from the pastor. Of course, you know, it's all not. It's always good to say yes to your pastor, okay? And you ought to have seen me yesterday. I, I, I went into a panic. I thought, okay, it's been at least one year, maybe two years, since I've tried to do this. So I went over in this box and looked. I went over in that box and looked. I went over here behind this couch to look and whatever. And I, I, I finally found the words. And I said, praise the Lord. Of course, you know, it would be wise to always put the track with the words. But I've never been known as the sharpest knife in the drawer. So I had to go look for the track. So finally I found it. And then it was sort of like, okay, now, Tom, you know you still got some Bell's palsy. And I thought, hey, listen, I've been told I look funny my entire life. In fact, some people think it's an improvement. But anyway, we, we, we were talking about love in our Sunday school class, and now these girls sing about the love of Jesus. You know, this has been a tough year for our nation. It's been a tough year for this church. In fact, the last few days have been tough for some people in this church. But, you know, we never, ever, ever have to look for God's love. It always finds us. I mean, that's why we celebrated his birth yesterday. That's why he came to this world is because of you and me, because he knows that we're going to need him. All is calm. And all is bright Everywhere But in your heart tonight There's singing carols Of joy and peace But you feel so far gone And too far out of reach Somewhere in your silent night Heaven hears the song Your broken heart has cried 
hope is here just lift your head love has come to find you somewhere in your silent night he'll always find you from heaven's height to manger love there is no distance the prince of peace won't go from manger low to Calvary's hill when your pain runs deep his love runs deeper still he's always loved you child and he always will somewhere in your silent night Heaven hears the song, your broken hearts cry. Hope is here, just live. Your head for love has come to find you somewhere in your silent night. your silent night is or where it may be or what you're going through he finds you and that's the wonderful thing about it you'll never get to where his love is not there and you'll never be in a place where he does where he stops loving you how glorious that is i remember as as tom was singing and as memory starts going back further and further christmas is in the past and with mom and dad and everybody around and i remember one year I know this is probably you, you could never believe this, but I was being a little honorary one year when I was I, I surprised you, don't it? Does me too now that I think about it. It didn't mother, and of course, uh, I, whatever I was doing, she was she was giving me a good spanking for it. And uh, I said, Mother, you're supposed to love me at this time of year. Now you start thinking, you know. I've always been somebody to keep 
you know, try to reason things out. So, <laughs> Mama, you're supposed to love me this time here and quit whipping me. And she said, I'm whipping you because I do love you. And I said, I wish you didn't love me as much then, if that's the case. Amen? But uh, however that works, aren't you glad the love of Jesus finds you every single place, no matter where you are? And we rejoice in that. Hallelujah. Brother Josh is going to come and, and speak to us now. You go right ahead, girl. We're just... Mm-hmm. Amen. Right. what it's about as we come together it is that's what a church family is man you 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 spur one another on don't we we encourage each other and we build each other up and the testimonies and the songs just thrills us pastor josh you come on to speak to our hearts this morning we're going to be in second uh, corinthians chapter number four second corinthians chapter four it's Somewhat of a different kind of a Christmas message, but a Christmas message nonetheless. It really speaks to the heart of why Jesus came. And it has to do with the glory of God. That's the whole reason that He came, you know, to give maximum glory to the name of our great God. And by giving glory to God, He is loving us and helping us to see the way to life with Him. That's what brings God glory. That's what brings God praise. And I'm so glad to hear these songs and testimonies and all the evidence of how God is doing that in our lives and in our, the life of our church. And in this passage, uh, we're reminded of that greatest gift that was ever given, which is, of course, Jesus Christ. And I got with me today another little, uh, just an illustration, and I had this sitting out at the house, uh, getting ready to bring it to church, and I wrapped it this morning before everybody else woke up, and Christian saw it, and you know, what do you think he's going to be saying, who's that for, who's, what is inside that, and uh, we're going to use this as an illustration today if it'll sit there, but uh, you know, so often in our world, uh, this is the illustration I want to use with this box is, 
I think that we live in a, a wrapping paper world and we're not really focused on uh, necessarily what's real, what's true on the inside. And I'm not speaking on the inside of us, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. Because many people today are saying, look inside yourself. In reality, that's like just changing the wrapping paper, uh, putting on a more fancy bow. If you were to just look at this box, you could say all kinds of things about it. You could say, oh, well, why was that box designed with green wrapping paper? Why not something that was red or white or yellow or any other color? Why, why does it have a red bow? And if, if we were to represent ourselves by this kind of a box, you know, we may ask those kinds of questions. Why am I wrapped up the way that I am? Why did I have this color hair, or this color eyes? Or why was I born into this family? Uh, why was I placed where I was? Uh, and, and all these kinds of questions of identity and who am I and purpose and all these kinds of things can be represented by this box. And many people in our world and many of today's uh, uh, gurus and experts are saying, you know, try this, try that, change the outside. You know, you, you got a little bit too much wrapping paper. Maybe try squeezing it in a little bit more. Make it a little bit tighter. Then you're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to be all trim and fit. And it's going to look just all the edges are perfect. Yeah, try that and see if you feel better. And some people feel like they just shoved me off. Here we are, December 26, and this poor box has not yet been opened. And everybody forgot about me. And I was just stuck behind the Christmas tree in the corner. And nobody even pays attention to me. I got a bright red bow, is that not good enough? You know, people in our world today, we think these ways, don't we? Am I not good enough? Am I not uh, pretty enough, handsome enough, smart enough, uh, athletic enough, talented enough? Am I not a good enough uh, baker or artist or whatever it is that we try to identify ourselves as being? Uh, but that's all living in the darkness. And that's what we see here in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Uh, he says here, I want to start reading in verse 3, If the gospel be hid, it is hid from them that are lost, in whom, speaking of the lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, unless the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And in this darkness that we live in, it says here that the God of this world, speaking of the devil himself, has blinded the minds of them which believe not. That's why I say we live in a wrapping paper world because many people are looking for destiny. They're looking for hope. They're looking for security. They're looking for meaning to life and purpose in life and direction. But when you're stumbling around in the darkness when you're groping for anything, trying to find what is real, what is sure, what is really there, and you're going around in the dark, it's hard to find your way. It's hard to find purpose. It's hard to know which way is up and which way is down. Should I go to the right? Should I go to the left? Should I go straight ahead? Should I turn around and go back? When you're in the dark and your eyes are being blinded, then you're not going to know where to go or where to turn. And I think that's why we see so much hopelessness in our world today, so much loneliness in our world today. So many people know that something is just not right, something is, is not genuine, not real, there's something missing in all of this, 
but then they don't understand what it is. And why is that? Because the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, unless the light of the glorious Gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. I'm so glad that in all of this darkness, that that is not the end of the story. There is light. There is hope in that darkness. And that's the whole reason that we celebrate Christmas. It's because Jesus came, the light in this dark world. In Him was life. And the the life was the light of men. John chapter 1 tells us. He is that light in this dark world. He claimed to be that. I am the light of the world. He told the people in the Gospel of John. And so we see that Jesus is that light. Notice what it says here in verse 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. He said, I'm not coming to you telling you about myself. I'm not coming to you with a seminar of how to be a better you in two weeks and and in 22, find a brand new you. You know, there we go. I've sold a million books already with just that title. So, you know, you come up with all these kinds of things and people have answers. They've got solutions. They've got all these concepts and seminars and, and you name it and it's coming out. And, and yes, there is some good in some of the self-help. I'm not saying throw it all away. But if you go into your local bookstore... The shelves are just filled with all these self-help, self-help, self-help. It's just full of all those kinds of books because people are searching for that. They're looking for where is meaning, where is purpose, how, how can I look better, how can I be better, how can I feel better, how can I improve this wrapping paper, in other words. How, maybe I just need to change my bow. Maybe I need to learn how to do this better. Maybe I need to learn how to cook better. Then people will love me more. Then I'll be accepted. Then I won't be lonely. Then I'll have more friends. And then I'll fit in. Then I'll have my real identity, my real self. And I won't feel these feelings anymore. People are looking for this meaning. But he says, no, we're not preaching ourselves. We're not proclaiming just look inside yourself. That's the message of the world, is it not? And, you know, Disney and Pixar and all them do a great job. You know, just look inside yourself and all your dreams will come true. And, and then, you know, uh, uh, about two minutes later, people are killing each other trying to get outside of Disney and get back to their cars and get home. The dream changes in just about the, the flip of a light switch. And uh, people are fighting each other and everything else back to the real world. And we, we know that that teaching is deceptive. Uh, we, we know that sometimes we're just being uh, fed a shovel full of garbage and yet we still want to clutch that. We want to hold on to that because we don't know where else to turn. And that's what Paul says. We're not preaching ourselves. The answer is not in us. And by the way, anytime that a church becomes focused on and centered on a person, whether it be a preacher or some other kind of personality, then they've totally missed it. And God forbid, and God help us here at Antioch to never be focused on me or Pastor Brad as this is their church or anything like that. No, this better be the church of Jesus Christ. And when it stops being the church of Jesus Christ, then we're heading down a very, very, very terrible direction. And we're going the wrong way 90 miles an hour. This has got to be centered on Jesus Christ. It's not the message that Paul preached. Uh, necessarily he wasn't preaching about himself, but he says, but it's Christ Jesus the Lord. 
and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. He says it's all about Jesus. It's all about that good news. Verse 6, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I sent this verse out on Christmas Eve. We have a a 9 o'clock Monday through Friday uh, automatic text and phone call system. And we send out a daily devotion Monday through Friday at 9 o'clock. And if you're not on that texting and calling system and you want to be added to that, uh, you can hand me your telephone number and we can get you added to that or you can give that to Pastor Brad and we'll get you put into that. But uh, I sent this out on Christmas Eve because this was a verse that really stood out to me as I was meditating on these things. And it takes us all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. You see, in the darkness in Genesis chapter 1, it was all just void, just emptiness. And that's the way that sin is. Sin is like that void. It's like that emptiness. Like that darkness that we are under. But God simply spoke the word, let there be light. The very first thing that God created was light. Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that it was good. Genesis 1 tells us. And it says here, For that same God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness has shined in our hearts. He has spoken to us. That same God that spoke, just let there be light and boom, light came into existence. That same God is the one who is speaking into your heart today. I know these songs ministered to my heart. And I know the Holy Spirit was ministering through the ladies, through Brother Tom, as they were singing these wonderful songs, through the congregational songs that we were all singing together. The Holy Spirit was just ministering to my heart through those things. And He is doing the same thing in your heart today. And isn't that mind-blowing to think about? That the God who spoke, let there be light, and there was light, is the same God who is wanting to bring light into the darkness of your soul. He's wanting to get you to see beyond the wrapping paper. To see beyond what this world says, just improve, just do better, just try harder, just uh, try this, try that. Get this kind of relationship. Maybe you just need to change the whole outside of the wrapping paper. Change your identity. Change all your relationships. Change the way that you view uh, this world and the way that you view politics and the way that you view the Word of God and the way that you view Jesus Himself. Just change it all and it'll fix you. And we go on this quest looking for identity, looking for meaning, looking for purpose. And then it leads us to dead end after dead end after dead end after dead end. And we're left wondering. But it's God who is giving His light to each one of us today. And He is shining that light into our hearts. And I believe that God has written on every person's heart the Ten Commandments. That we know that by our reactions. In other words, if this was just a Christmas present and I had it sitting under the Christmas tree and I told my son Christian... Uh, who's in here with us? Our daughter Allison's not in here, so I won't pick on her right now, but uh, Christian's in here. Christian, if I had this Christmas present, had your name on it, would you be happy if I opened it up and said, hey, I want to keep that? Would you be happy about that, Christian? No? Shaking your head no? I know, I know he wouldn't be happy about that at all. He'd come running after me real quick. 
And when somebody steals something from you, you know innately that's wrong. They shouldn't have stolen anything from me. And I believe that God has written those Ten Commandments on every single person's heart that we know innately that when we have been wronged, that that was wrong. In other words, think about Hitler and all the atrocities that Nazi Germany created in World War II. How could any of them be tried if they didn't break any laws? They changed the laws in Germany to let them legally do everything that they did. They didn't really break any laws. How could they be held guilty? There has to be a higher standard of right and wrong. And the people of that generation understood this truth. In our day, we have moved it and said, no, truth is just whatever you make it out to be. You've got your truth, I've got my truth. Could Hitler make that same argument? And said, well, uh, you've got your truth about life and death, and I've got my truth about right and death. Who are you to say that what I did was morally wrong? Who are you to judge me? Could Hitler make that same argument? He certainly could, based on the way that the logic of this world thinks. But we know deep down, even as as I'm trying to make that argument and playing devil's advocate, as you're hearing that, you're probably like, no, that's wrong. I mean, even in myself, I can feel something rising up that says, quit trying to defend Hitler. What he did was repulsive and ugly. Don't even play devil's advocate in that situation. And so we understand that these things are innately wrong. And God has written that on our heart. And Romans tells us that when we turn away from God, And when God is shining that light into our heart and we say, no, 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 I'm going away, I'm turning away, I'm ignoring that voice of God speaking into my heart, trying to pull me closer to Jesus. When we ignore that, we're dulling our conscience. We're shutting off that light that He has given to us. And we're willingly going forward into the blindness that Satan wants us to experience. He doesn't want you to experience true freedom. He wants you to stay in that wrapping paper. He wants you to just try to exist as this world has existed. And He is blinding the minds of them that do not believe unless the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them. But I thank God that He has shined in our hearts as verse 6 says to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. At Christmas time, Jesus came. He is the face of the Lord. In other words, He's the express image of God given to man. God made flesh. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Again, John chapter number 1. In the face of Jesus Christ, we see the glory of God. And in the Old Testament, uh, this goes back into chapter 2 and chapter 3, of 2 Corinthians, I won't take time to go there, but uh, he, he argues if the law of Moses and those Ten Commandments was so radiant that when Moses came down off of the mountain, his face was glowing. He had to put a veil, a veil excuse me, over his face because he was shining so brightly. He said if the law did that, how much more do you think the glory of Jesus would look like? And he said, He is so much greater, that law of righteousness, that life and light to all He brings, as the Christmas carol tells us. And so we have that in Jesus Christ, the Word of God revealed in Jesus Christ. And so we are commanded to come out of the darkness and come to Him who is the light. 
And we don't go to the light necessarily, but we come to the one who is the light, and that is Jesus Christ. He is calling to our hearts. He has come to us. He's extended His hand. All that we do is respond in faith and say, Yes, Jesus, I will take your hand. And perhaps some of you who are here today and some who may be watching online, today needs to be that day that you say, Yes, Jesus, I'm tired of living for the wrapping paper society and and living in this world and all the brokenness. And I say yes to Jesus. I want to go to Him who is the light. And the rest of this passage, the rest of this chapter, talks about what does it look like to live in the light? What does it look like as we're going through our day-to-day existence? And it says here in verse 7, We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. In other words, it's just like the, the, the earthen vessels, it's like a clay pot. It's like that wrapping paper. Uh, it's not the wrapping paper that the kids get excited about on Christmas morning, is it? And when you were a young kid, did you get excited? Oh boy, Mom wrapped it up in the green paper. I can't believe it. I've been wanting to see that all year. Green wrapping paper. Oh, I get it. And it's a red bow. That's just exactly what I wanted. A box with green paper and a red bow. Thank you so much, Mom. Thank you so much, Dad. That's exactly what I wanted. I'm just going to set this up in the shelf in my room and look at it till next Christmas. And I'll get another box. And I hope I get a red box next year with a green bow. And I can put that up on the shelf next to my collection. Do kids act like that? No. What do they do? I mean, as soon as you say go, they're throwing the bows, they're throwing the paper, they're letting it fly all over the place, and it's just discarded like trash in just a matter of about 30 seconds or less. They want what's inside the box. They're concerned not with the paper, not with the packaging, and not with the six-inch ribbon curls like Elf says that you've got to put on the box or whatever. And they want what's inside there. That's what counts. And that's what he says. He said, hey, we are just like wrapping paper around a box. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, this clay pot that we live in, this earthen vessel. We've got this great treasure inside of us. That's the light of Jesus Christ. That's that glorious treasure that we have, all of Jesus Christ. That the excellency of this power may be of God and not of us. You see, when we come to the light, we can experience this great power and glory that comes only from God. Uh, I want to turn over to chapter 5, just one page, and show you verse 17 and verse 21. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's that new life that Jesus wants you to experience. Verse 21, For He has made Him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin. Jesus never sinned. He knew no sin. Why? Why did He become sin for us on that cross? So that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Apart from Jesus, we have no hope. Uh, We can search for identity all day and all our life long and never find it. But when we come to Christ, we can experience that transformation, that new creation. Uh, Sister Lorna was testifying to that with Laura Beth. And I've seen firsthand the transformation in Laura Beth's life over these last few months and how God has done a work in her heart and her life. And this new creation that occurs. And Jesus did all of this for us. 
And why do we want to reject that? The devil is trying to keep us away from him. He's trying to blind you. Don't listen to that any longer. Don't give in to the lies of this world and the lies of the devil. Uh, that is what his goal is, is to destroy you. And he doesn't want you to experience freedom. He doesn't want you to experience true hope and true peace and true joy that's found in Jesus. Sure, the Christian life isn't always a bed of roses, and we don't promise that. Uh, it says in verse 8, he goes into these things. If we're living in the light, though, we have a different focus. In verse 8 it says, we are troubled. Yeah, we go through trouble. It's not a bed of roses. We're troubled on every side, he says, yet not distressed. We're perplexed. We don't know what to do sometimes. We're up against a wall like everybody else. It doesn't mean that because I come to Christ that everything's going to be nice and easy and we're just going to sail through life without any problems. No. The Apostle Paul experienced great problems after he received Christ. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was thrown into jail on numerous occasions. Went through all of these things. But it says, we are perplexed, but not in despair. You know, last time I preached a couple weeks ago, I read you the words to that song of how that this world is in darkness and it was written around the Civil War and my how things were terrible. And in one of the lines it says that, In despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong. And it mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But then rang the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth He sleep. For wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. And that's what we're talking about. We may go through situations. We may go through storms. We may go through difficulties. And we've talked about that today already. Uh, whether it be in our country, in our church, in our individual lives. Many of you have weathered all kinds of storms this past 12 months. And we don't know what awaits on the other side as we begin a new year over this coming weekend. We're troubled on every side, yet we're not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted. That's being rejected by other people. Paul experienced that firsthand. He said, yes, I've gone through persecution, but I'm not forsaken. I know I'm not alone. I know I'm not forgotten. I know that God hasn't just shoved me off behind the Christmas tree somewhere and He's forgot about me till somebody takes the tree down and discovers, oh look, there's another present we forgot about. No, He said, I'm not forsaken. I'm not alone. God is right there with me. Jesus is with me every step of the way. Sure, we're cast down at times, but we're not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus so that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest, might be revealed, may be made clear in our body. And this is a great mystery, isn't it? This is a paradox in Scripture that uh, when we go through hardship, when we go through suffering, when we go through pain, that that is one of the ways that God is working in us to bring glory to His name so that the life of Jesus may be made manifest, may be revealed in our body, for which we live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life of also of Jesus Christ might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. 
See, when we go through hardships, when we go through pain, and we're walking in the light of Jesus Christ, it's actually God is using that to produce a testimony, to produce life in other people around us. The seed has to die before new life can emerge from it. And we see that God works in our situations, in our circumstances, often much the same way. We have, he says in verse 13, we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that He which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Even when we're face to face with death, as I know that the Coffee family, Miss Debbie, and so many others, Miss Yvonne, uh, many, many, many people across our congregation, and in fact, our entire church family has been impacted with death at this year, and some more recently, as I just said. But it says here that we have this hope. We have this light in Jesus Christ. We know that He that raised up the Lord Jesus shall uh, uh, raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. What a great promise this is. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound or multiply to the glory of God. Again, when we're walking through these valleys, but we're walking through with Jesus in His glorious light, then when we give praise in the midst, as Miss Debbie did before she sang, that is a light that God is using to speak to your heart. And if you're here today, if you're watching online, that is part of God's glory going forth through His people, going through trials to you. God's trying to minister straight to your heart through His people, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving, the praise of many, multiply to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. We're not going to give up. We're not going to back up. We're not going to quit. We're not going to faint. We're not going to faint not. He says, but through our out, but though, excuse me, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. That, that clay pot breaks down. Over time, if I just sat this up on a shelf, this wrapping paper would deteriorate, it would discolor, it would fade, it would not have its vibrancy, its vitality that it has today brand new, right out of the tube and right out of the package. It would get dusty and, and it would fall apart. But it says, although that outward man is perishing, the inward man is renewed day by day. That's that treasure that we have all because of the light of Jesus Christ. For our, He calls it a light affliction. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. He looks back at all the uh, prison terms that he served and the beatings that he endured and the shipwrecks that he went through and much less the, the neglect and the hatred of people that he loved, including the Corinthians. This is 2 Corinthians. He wrote 1 Corinthians to correct them for some serious sin that they fell into. And they hated Paul. Some in that church hated him, didn't want to have anything to do with him. He was rejected and despised by them. And he sums all of that up by just saying it's a light affliction. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. 
You see, when you're walking in the light of Jesus Christ, you know that this isn't going to last forever. This pain one day will be done away with, whether it be our physical pain, whether it be emotional pain, whether it be some struggle that we're going through. When we have our eyes fixed on the light of Jesus Christ, we see that this is just momentary. It may last a little while, but it's not going to last forever. And praise God for that. And it is working for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary. They're temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. You know, this world is passing away. So many people are living just to make money, just so that they can buy more stuff and go more places and do more things and experience more life. And they're just living on this cycle of go and work so that I can spend and I can buy and get. And it's all for temporary, temporary, temporary. Those things are going to fade away. Those things are going to be gone. We need to be focused on the things that are eternal. And that's the light of Jesus Christ. When we can focus on that, we can go through the storms. We can go through the trials. We can go through the heartache. We can go through the emotional pain that we may endure. Focused on Jesus Christ. And so just in summary today, let me just ask each one of us, you know, am I living in that wrapping paper? Am I so caught up in my own wrapping paper existence that I do not understand and I haven't realized what God is trying to get me to see. That He wants to bring me out of the darkness into His light. That He wants to, as the other Scripture says, transfer us. Your membership, if you will, is in the kingdom of darkness, but He wants to transfer your membership into the kingdom of His glorious light and wants you to experience that freedom that's found in Christ. Have you received that gift of Jesus Christ that was given for each one of us? And to our Christian brothers and sisters who are here today, you may say, you know, I, I need to keep my eyes on Christ. I'm going through storms. I'm going through turmoil. I'm going through problems. I need to keep looking to Christ. I need to keep my eyes on Him. And let's consider ourselves. Let's encourage each other. Let's, in this new year that we're coming into, Push each other forward closer and closer and closer to Jesus. That's why we have church family, to help each other get closer to Jesus. And all of us growing together, joining together, going closer and closer to Jesus every single step of the way and walking with Him every day that we live. And let's close in the time of prayer and invitation. Heavenly Father, thank You for coming to this earth. You are the treasure. God, and we can experience life and light in You. I pray for anyone here today who is struggling in the darkness. They're groping around looking for something solid to grab onto. They're trying to find a sliver of light. And perhaps today you have spoke to their heart in a very real way, whether it be through these powerful testimonies, these powerful songs, and your uh, holy Word, Lord, whatever it may be, or maybe a combination of all of these, You have spoken into their hearts today. And I pray in Jesus' name that today would be the day that they turn to You in faith and realize that Jesus is speaking to my heart. He is pulling me to Himself. And Lord, let them surrender 
and run away from the kingdom of darkness and run to the arms of Jesus who is waiting with open arms to receive them to Himself and into the kingdom of His beautiful, glorious light. I pray that today would be that day for someone who is here, for someone who is watching online. And Lord, for those of us who are believers, I know this world wants to beat us up. It wants to rob our attention and to cause us to lose our focus off of Jesus and to stop and to start staring on the, the storms instead of focusing on Christ. Lord, let us have this attitude that was in Paul and that was in Christ Jesus that we're going to focus on Jesus. We're going to look forward. We're going to look at the things that are eternal, not at the things that are temporary. God, give us this perspective so that as we enter into the brand new year 2022, that we would walk in the light of Jesus Christ in a greater way than ever before. And Lord, let us draw closer to Jesus. Let us, as a church here at Antioch, be drawn closer and closer and closer to Jesus so that we could truly be a Christ-centered church in every aspect of that phrase. And that we would truly be a body of believers whose sole focus is on the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Not building up ourselves, not preaching and teaching and telling about how great I am, but Lord, that we would minister to Jesus and for Jesus and in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, to that end, we commit ourselves. And God, I know that You are working in many hearts today. I just ask that Your Holy Spirit would have the liberty to move and work as only You are able to do. Thank You so much for Your beautiful truth. And thank You so much for letting us have this time together today. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Pastor Brad's going to come in just a moment and give us a, a word of invitation. But before he comes, I just want us to think about these things. Let's just bow our heads and close our eyes for just a second. Let me give you an opportunity to respond. And while the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart, don't turn that away. You know, if you leave a service like this, your mind goes to other things. That conviction of the Holy Spirit seems to lessen and you begin to reason, well, I must be okay. It must not be. It, just, it was just a fleeting, passing fancy. That's all it was. Just something passing. You'll turn that away. But while He's speaking to your hearts, now is the time to do business with Him. Now is the time to get right with Him. If God has spoken to your heart today, and you say, I know that I've never received Jesus as my Savior. I'm living in that kingdom of darkness. But I want to come to the light of Jesus Christ today. If that's your heart, you say, I've never received Jesus, but I want to today. Would you simply show me that by raising your hand wherever you are? I won't call you out. I won't embarrass you. I won't ask you to stand up or anything like that. I just want to pray for you while we wait just a moment. If that's your heart, would you simply just raise a hand and say, that's me. I want to believe on Jesus today while we wait just a moment. All right, let me lead us in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that your Holy Spirit is drawing and speaking to. I pray that you would give them the courage to simply surrender their lives to you and to say, Lord Jesus, save me, rescue me out of this kingdom of darkness and bring me into your glorious light. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose again from the dead to prove that you are God himself. And I ask you to rescue me and to save me and set me free. Lord, I know that You have promised anyone who turns to You with a heart of faith, You will not ever turn them away. 
And Lord, I I know that you will place in them that instant, that special treasure in that clay vessel. Lord, I know that you said that you would give them eternal life and no one will ever be able to pluck them out of the Father's hand. I praise your name for that. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Let me ask you one more question. While your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you say, yes, I am going through that struggle and and I'm, I'm losing my focus on Jesus. I am a believer. I know that I'm a believer, but my focus keeps drifting away from Jesus onto other things, onto my storms, onto my problems, onto my pain, onto my brokenness, onto my hurt, onto situations, whatever it may be. It may be something totally unrelated to that, but you just know that your eyes are drifting away from Jesus and you want to keep focused on Him as we're heading into this new year. If that's on your heart, I just ask you just to raise your hand so that I can pray for you. Again, I don't want to embarrass anybody or anything like that. I just want to have a word of prayer. If that's your heart, would you simply slip up your hand wherever you may be? And I just want to pray for you right where we are. All right, I see some hands going up in this church house today. And no doubt online as well. Let me pray and then I'll turn it over to Pastor Brad. Dear Lord, I pray for those who are struggling. I know the struggle. I've been there. I don't want to act like I'm better than everybody else because I've struggled in those moments. This year has been a a test of my faith in many different ways and in different seasons of this year. And Lord, I know that we all go through these struggles and hardships. I pray that for your people, you would help us, Lord, to get our attention firmly focused on Jesus as we head into this new year that we'd experience great spiritual victories in the midst of whatever storm is swirling around us. And Lord, help us to keep our eyes and our mind firmly fixed on Jesus Christ. In His beautiful name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. All right, let's stand together, would you please? I'm going to sing it. Just a verse of this song. I, I tell you, I think we ought to sing it together with them. What page is that? 303. There in your hymn book. 303. And let's, uh, let's sing this to the Lord. Let's, may this be our prayer. May this be our heart's desire. As Pastor Josh has talked about staying focused. It's so hard in these days. Harder than any time I've ever seen because you have the worldview is the opposite of that and our whole nation is going that direction but you and I can still see Jesus we still can see Jesus so let's sing this verse with these girls this morning may this be our prayer as well
Jesus loves us so that there's never a time that he doesn't want humanity to come to him. He made us in his image. He made us in his very image. And when he sees us, he sees the most beautiful person on earth, no matter who you are. And he loves you. And there's never a time he doesn't want you to come. And what he's inviting is that we get our focus on who he is. And Lord, help us to do that. That's my prayer for this new year. May we pray that together. Lord, let us focus on Jesus in everything, ever form and fashion. Let us focus on Jesus. By the way, wasn't, wasn't, the, wasn't the first advent all focused on Jesus? When he came into this world, there were those that were looking for him, expecting him. Well, you and I, we may be in the minority like Simeon and Anna and the shepherd boys, but I'll tell you what, if he has to move kings around, he will. If he has to move nations around, he will to take care of his people. I believe it was Dr. B.R. Lakin who said, uh, don't you worry about a thing. He said, if God had to, he won't have to, but if he had to, he'd put the angels on half rations to take care of you. Amen. <laughs> That's true. Amen. Thank you. Lord, we love you. Thank you for our group, our, our church family, and those that are watching. We praise your holy name. Please help us to keep our focus on the Lord Jesus. Please, Lord, let us see him high and lifted up and exalted and holy and righteous as he is. Please let us see him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, we won't have the four to five drive-through tonight. Too, too many obligations and other things. We won't have that tonight, all right? And, of course, if you're visiting with us, meet with Pastor Josh or myself back there at the Visitor Center. We'd love to give you a gift. We love you. Thanks for coming. So good to see you. Some of you has been out for a while, but you're back, and we praise God for you. God bless you. Thanks for coming. <laughs>